This is exactly right. I'm Kate Winkler Dawson, a journalist, author, and podcast host. And I'm Paul Holes, a retired investigator with experience solving some of America's most notorious cold cases. Together, we host Buried Bones, a historical true crime podcast on the Exactly Right Network. Each week, we examine a different case from history and use our years of experience and 21st century forensics to bring new insights into these very old tragedies. Like the time the Sausage King of Chicago's wife went missing in 1897. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Follow Buried Bones wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Babs Gray, and I think COVID is actually just a ploy to make sluts domesticize because this bitch made drapes. <laughs> Congratulations on the drapes, Barbara. Um, this week, my dog and I uh, looked at, the sa- at a bowl of mac and cheese in the middle of the street for the same amount of time. So that's how quarantine's treating me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tess Barker, and the news is a nightmare, but at least there's a lot of it. <laughs> and this is Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. Hello! We got Barbara Brandy and of course Big Tess. We got a show for everyone that's the fucking best. Come on, baby. It's time to hang out with your favorite ladies. Lady to Lady. Lady to Lady. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. We're coming to you from all corners of the nation. (laughs) Not really, (laughs) but I'm going to pretend that like kind of like a Care Bear, like Avenger situation. I don't know. I feel very Care Bears, Avengers, uh, Power Rangers right now. Absolutely. There we go. Power Rangers. I think that's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Power Rangers uh, filmed at the junior college where I used to take summer school? Well, now everybody does. What a beautiful now they need <laughs> now they need two plaques, one for Power Rangers and one for you. <laughs> All right, let's bring on our guest. Uh, they're the amazing host of American Hysteria, a great podcast. Please welcome Chelsea Weber Smith to the stage. I was going to say stage podcast. The ear stage. The ear stage. The ear stage. stage is fine. <laughs> stage is fine. Thank you. I really appreciate y'all having me on. This is great. Hi, Chelsea. Where are you Thanks, coming Chelsea. from? I'm coming from Seattle, so an actual corner. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. We're nearing <laughs> so, it yeah. on the And corners. then you guys are, yeah, you're L.A. and then Big Bear right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Barbara and Tess are both in L.A. I am up in Big Bear, so if I am weird and cutting in and out, it's because of the mountains. Um, no, Brandy, we you. I found out earlier that you were in Big Bear, and I was already feeling like I was telling Chelsea and Babs earlier, like, I feel like today has a very vacation vibe to it, and I might be saying yes. that because I had half a glass of wine at lunch. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Hey, I walked past a Mexican place out here, and there was a table of four boomers that had the largest margaritas I've ever seen in my life. So I think yes. everyone is taking that. Taking that energy. That is that is a vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I just got back from floating a river and that was I haven't done that in a very long time. Lazy river, but like a real one in nature. Yeah. Imagine. No, so that was it was beautiful. How um, uh, how long were you floating for? Uh, well, we did it once. and It was like an hour and a half. And we said, you know what? Let's do it again. Yeah. So we just did the same one again. No, oh, it was perfect. great. We, it was it was so perfect. I lo- <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm going to be doing it again. I mean, there's nothing. It is the most like serene, beautiful experience to just drink a beer mm. 
on a river mm. in a floaty. I mean, come on. What, what could oh, be better? Yeah. It's and bad. it's free. It's free. What kind of fun shit can you do for free? Um, every Everything about this is giving me like such bad FOMO because like Babs was saying, there's nowhere in the Southern California region to get a good float, really. Yeah. No, not really. And you're on fire. Every, yeah. The rivers are on the place, fire. Yeah. The yeah. places yep. where I've done floats are currently on fire. Yeah. So yes. yes. As, as much as of an added element of excitement that adds, I'm not sure. doing it. And if I was going to be floating anywhere in the middle of a forest fire, I guess I'd want to be in the body of water. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's where you want to be. It's funny when I checked in up here at Big Bear, uh, I saw that the Wi-Fi was slow in my room and I called down. They're like, ah, sorry, we don't know if it's the smoke or the rain that is uh, <laughs> slowing down the Wi-Fi. And I was like, oh, well, at least we have both. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that Wi-Fi worked like that. <laughs> Me either. Neither did I. They might have been completely bullshitting me, but that's what they said. Yeah, I was like, if All smoke's right. getting in the way, we might there might just be bullshit. You know what? I'm going to be honest, though. I don't know enough about Wi-Fi to tell you whether it does or doesn't affect it. I well, I do know that the internet is a series of tubes, and then other than that... In the ocean. Yeah. In the bottom of the ocean. What? Yeah. The yeah. whole internet Look, is in the ocean? Mm-hmm. Well... Yeah. I think that there's like hubs in buildings. Okay. And, <laughs> and then, the but cloud. generally the tubes, maybe, <laughs> but there are tubes in the ocean that are the internet. And that's, oh, I, know. I know I was just, oh, I was listening I can't to explain something where they, they, you know, how Al Gore just got made fun of for saying like the internet is a series of tubes, but then I listened to something being like, but it's, it is <laughs> in the, yeah, in the ocean, yeah. but he's right. <laughs> there's so much to make fun of Al Gore for, know. you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the way he wears his pants. Have yeah, you done a, an, an American hysteria about Al Gore and his pants or? No, I haven't. And I don't, you know, I'm not sure if he's ever even come up one time. And maybe that says something that's about That's probably good. How he can just kind of exist in his his gore bubble that I'm assuming he exists in. Hey, he tried to draw attention to climate yeah. change. That's true. He tried. You know. Bless him. He tried. That's I was just a little hard. I wonder if he ever had a goth phase with a last name like Gore. It's almost inviting it, right? Like, I wonder if, like, in middle school, he like did his eyes up and like had baggy jinkos and shit like that. I think he like a missed hot against it. Like, it's Absolutely. like I won't be that. <laughs> no, my last name might be Gore, but I'll just be the most boring person. I, well, I'll never direct a horror movie, even though my name was actually made for it. <laughs> you know what, though. I have to say, like, every time I see Al Gore, my main emotion is happiness. Like, that man just makes me happy. That's interesting. Oh. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, I actually just watched an episode of 30 Rock that he has a cameo on recently. And I, I just really love Al Gore. And, like, yeah, of course he lost. And that was really, like, crushing and shaped the entire history of our country. But, yeah. like... <laughs> but he has actually such a good sense of humor like he tries like he's not good at being funny but he's like yeah down he's, to make a, yeah, a, he's a dad. joke he's of an himself uncle. he's an uncle he and wants a, to be funny he wants yeah. to be funny and his kid like writes for the simpsons and yeah really yeah really? yeah his oh, daughter funny. is a writer for the simpsons in futurama what a fun fact i know wow. what does it have oh, to yeah, do with him funny. I don't know. Like, I feel like your kid ends up writing for The Simpsons. You're kind of fun. You're either fun or you're uh, not fun at all. And your yeah. child's rejected you yeah. and gone to the other end yeah, of the yeah. spectrum. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I mean, nepotism's a thing, too. That's. <laughs> I know. Somebody yeah. posted I mean, that, like, Bryce Dallas Howard thing of, like, I did 48 auditions before I got a role. And I was like, mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> 
and <laughs> yeah and then they read my full name and they were like oh shit i'm sorry <laughs> here you go yeah. i feel bad because apparently the video is very inspirational i didn't watch it but i was just like okay well it's been 12 years get back to me later i don't know what to tell you <laughs> <laughs> You know what? But regardless of anything else, we have Tipper Gore to thank for the parental advisory sticker, and that was a lot of T-shirts and a lot of posters and a it lot of my friends. Defined a generation. Yes, we do talk about that on American Ooh. Hysteria quite a bit. You parental know, because advisory. we yeah we talk about like yeah parental advisory and like the hysteria around satanic lyrics and oh, you yes. know all that kind of stuff is is wrapped in was, to what we're talking about. Was mm-hmm. that so? That was largely a campaign around like Satanism. Like, yeah, what was the history around that? You know, it was it was partially at least. I mean, it was just like the 80s, you know, leftover satanic panic. Uh, The like there was, you know, satanic cults in the 80s, allegedly. Allegedly. And they were indoctrinating people through through music, through metal and then through, you know, anything from cartoons to video games. Um, So it was very much that had a that had a big surprisingly large part to do with it because they labeled it as occult lyrics mm-hmm. so it was like sexual sexually graphic lyrics you know swearing and then occult yeah lyrics, which is well, like i'm on i'm on wikipedia right now and this says that um gore heard her 11 year old daughter playing darling nikki by prince and that's what really mm-hmm. really set her off oh, that's the, yep fuck yes your boy I mean, and if anybody should have had a cult, it should have been Prince. I mean, absolutely. Like, that's yeah. a cult people could get behind, yeah. I think. <laughs> I mean, he and was a Jehovah's yeah, Witness. Yeah, it was like he basically you know? was he had had some... yeah, He wasn't a cult. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. He probably had some skills as a cult leader, yeah. I imagine. He, I mean, yeah. come on. He, he was. Could be a franchise he was. owner. He could have started his own operation. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, man. Yeah. Twisted Sister, Jell of the Offer, Dead Kennedys. Joey Ramone, Frank Zappa, we're like all targets of it and everything. That's funny. Satanic Panic is so interesting to talk to look at because it's also like so much of the stuff that Satanists were accused of is stuff that was like actually happening within the government too. <laughs> Which is <laughs> the hilarious part of all of it. <laughs> well, it's very much coming back. I don't know if you guys pay attention to like Trump talking about QAnon. Have you oh, been... yeah. yeah. I've just know, heard him the... like, yeah. Saying nice things about them, right? Yeah. Well, they were like, they were like, so uh, QAnon says that you're trying to save America from a satanic pedophile cult uh, yeah. that, uh, you know, you're the, the only one who can bring them down. How do you feel about that? And he said, is that supposed to be a bad thing or a good thing? <laughs> so, you know, it was uh, it's pretty it's dark, though. It's like very funny. But then you realize that there's like millions of people that subscribe yeah, to this really, idea yeah. that, oh, that yeah. Donald Trump is like this beefy Christian hero. That's oh, yeah, those cartoons they take draw down him, like on the motorcycles that are like, yeah, <laughs> it's so gross. Oh, it's like you're such a loser. <laughs> it's just oh. I haven't let myself go down this rabbit hole yet. So, wow. OK, so there, yeah. there's a Christian yeah. element to QAnon because I thought it was like there- 4chan. It is 4chan, but it's like they just use the Christian thing because it's all about black and white, right? It's like good, evil. And then if you've got a satanic cult, then I guess you have to have a Christian hero sort of thing. So, I mean, and even as Christianity is like status quo, right? Like if you wrap in like white supremacy, like it's Mm -hmm. like this is you're he's saving us from the liberal agenda, which we all know is 
uh, what it is. <laughs> so it's not a it's not a baby eating uh, cult. Yeah, well, I don't so think. QAnon, but you QAnon's, know, I'm open. You know, a, a number of us are we are we vegans or do we eat babies? Which one is it? Both. <laughs> okay. So you only care about animals, but, but we'll the humans babies. are disposable. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I don't. Yeah, sure. I'm, I only sure. know the like cursory outside of the QAnon stuff, which is that they yeah think that there's a pedophile thing running everything but my so my boyfriend um his old roommate started posting stuff about going to rallies for these protect the children like QAnon rallies yeah and we just and you know of course not a mask to be seen and we just watched his story stories yesterday of of him at a protest in hollywood and he's holding up this interviewer's talking to him, and he can't. He's so bad at the interview. He's like, I just think, like he's saying nothing, and the interviewer is so bored and like literally looking the opposite way while he talks. He's like, they're at a party, oh, and he's trying to find someone else to talk Beautiful. to. It's so, it was so funny. <laughs> well, who else but a QAnon supporter is that person oh. that you get trapped at with at like at a party? You know, oh, because. Yeah. QAnon is like the Illuminati. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the story that there's like this secret elite society that's often right. Jewish, by the way, um, yeah, because yeah. it's very anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and so QAnon is like this group that's supposedly fighting the deep state, which is just this Illuminati story, which has been around for 300 years, just taking all these different forms. And so yeah. it's like not surprising, but now it's like a mass political movement and people that's are being elected scares me on this the, Yeah, it getting popular and, is yeah. very, very scary. You know, well, I watched crazy. recently that documentary Behind the Curve. Have you guys seen that? The Flat Earther no. documentary? Mm-mm. No, but I can imagine. Oh, it. my God. I really recommend <laughs> it. It was fascinating because I don't know. I'm very curious about that phenomenon. Like, why did that pop up all of a sudden five years ago? And like, oh, how, how did that many? Yeah. Uh, but they did a really good job of showing how much of it actually is about like the community that they've built. And like, once they get in, like they don't want to be proven wrong because it like they, it's all these lonely people who finally have a sense of community. And I think it's the same thing with the QAnon shit. I mean, I think that's kind of a lot of it. What it boils down to is that people are just so fucking alienated and they're fine. It's like, you can look at it from the outside and like, how could you believe something so fucking ridiculous? But this documentary did such a good job of just showing that like, that's, that's not what's so really sad is it's all like what it's about. Yeah. Everyone is like disenfranchised and just like grasping at straws for why, you know, they want their life to be better. Or why like things aren't working out. And it seems like, yeah, they want to like just kind of believe these crazy things because it's, yeah, it gives them a sense of community and some sense of like, okay, I know what's really going on here. Like I get it. Yeah. yeah, it gives you control in society that like raised you to be individualistic, which is naturally human beings are meant to be, you know, we like absolutely are, are meant to be communal people. And like, you know, then, yeah, you find this thing, you know, but I know the truth. And it's like, no, like, I do yeah. feel sometimes like, though, mm-hmm. because I we are meant to be communal, but I don't think we're supposed to know we're this not. many people. No. No, so not. I 
so it like it's like gets confused because you're like there's no way we can all figure out what everyone else wants it's just impossible but we all have access to everything now so no wonder like we can't fucking decide anything we even did like on that tip of of like these lonely alienated people trying to find control right which is conspiracy theory like you hit the nail on the head it's it is like trying to control the chaos into this simple narrative where there's like good and evil and like I'm a good guy and you're a bad guy and we can save the world and all this stuff where it's like the world is like this horrifyingly complicated mm-hmm. mess that I have no idea how we'll ever fix. But um, <laughs> I think we even did like a men's rights episode, which I'm sure as you just immediately cringe like I do. Um, but it was we tried to take a very I don't want to say sympathetic, but like, yeah, on, on our show, we're like, OK, these people think this. We have to understand why they think that yeah. or we're mm-hmm. never going to figure it out. Yeah. We can't just be like, Ugh, oh, you no, know, absolutely. Um, you have to know and what's going on. And yeah, you got to know. And yeah. And that's what I found at the end of the day. It was like these lonely dudes, mm-hmm. super like sad, who then just get together and pump each other up yeah. with like why they're a victim and then why mm-hmm. women are victimizing them. Mm-hmm. And then they just like. It's almost it's like then it becomes a contest contest of masculinity. Right. So it's like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm going to do this horrible thing. Well, I'm going to do this horrible thing. And women Mm -hmm. are this to me, you know, and it just Mm -hmm. like goes up and up and up and up and up until you get like Elliot Roger or someone like that. that Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Snaps. But really, at the Mm -hmm. heart, it's just like these dudes that can't feel sadness because Mm -hmm. like society says men can't feel sadness. So it's just like this. I don't know. It's everything's so complicated. It's well, just all really yeah, sad. My uh, my husband was watching some documentary about war recently, and they were talking about um, how you know what we all know that like combat for men, especially, has historically been this place of like really serious male bonding, and like there's mm-hmm. kind of like nothing like the relationships you forge in war, and like mm. and like it seems like to a large extent like that's why there's this like kind of bloodlust. It's not about like the killing. It's about like actually the friendships that they have with their fellow soldiers. And I just thought shit like is this just because like they don't just like go get like fucking pedicures with their friends like know how to enjoy the company of men you know what i mean like women we don't need to do that i kind of think it is a lot of it is absolutely a lot of it is yeah i mean like we just won't like them being able to like open up and have conversations without some sort of you know we've like not we but like society for whatever reason because toxic masculinity and patriarchy has like feminized actually sharing emotions and having real uh opinions with each other so like that's where guys are able to do it because they're doing a manly thing at the same time. Yeah. It's, why it's, it's why football and shit's so powerful because it's like guys are like, we're getting together, we're watching men break each other's brains. Hell yeah, I love you, <laughs> but like, I love our team more. You know, it's like all that shit. It's just the it's just the conduit for the the brotherly yeah. love. They just want to hold hands and they can't do it. And now we have war. It's so fucked you know? up. It's like, can we just let them hold hands so we don't have to have war? Well, yeah, rem- just hold hands. I remember re- reading a, a study a couple of years ago that was really interesting, and that had, and this was maybe maybe five years ago now. So I'd be curious to see what it looks like now with the internet and with Trump and everything. But they found a very marked difference between the way that male friendships existed from under twenty four and above twenty four, based on like how old they were. Mm. And kids that at that point were under twenty four, male the the boys were like so much. Um, more comfortable with each other and telling each other that they love them and like holding hands and like doing stuff like that. Just like straight guys, just like really embracing um, the intimacy between like their friendships, like way, way more. But there was a very marked line of, um, of the age where like that started becoming more acceptable in society. Wow. So I'd be yeah. curious to know how much of that has like regressed based on like the last few years. But I mean, that I could see that because that is, that is what like, you know, 
progress looks like, you know, is hopefully chipping away at, you know, toxic masculinity over time. Well, then it does that pendulum thing, right? Mm -hmm, Like we made a lot of progress during the Mm -hmm. Obama administration, right? I feel like toward some sort of like, in some things like, you know, gay marriage, stuff like that, where it was like, everything's fine. It's like, we can, we can be you know, interpersonally intimate in this different way. And then and then it's like everybody freaked out. It's like, yeah, no, we yeah. can't, we can't, we can't. We have to have Donald Trump as president and uh, yeah. go back. But then, you know, I just think it'll go back again, I hope. I mean, if we make it through. If there isn't again, it'll go back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> One day. Yep. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Man, it's so interesting how like how many of these it's so interesting too because those groups spring up and like they want to become they're looking for a community but they also isolate themselves away from anything outside of it so hard too where it's like if you actually just approached anybody with like that feeling you probably would find community with people that have all sorts of different views and whatnot you just you're ultimately yeah i just i don't think it comes naturally to people you know to be open and we do kind of like tend to just Mm -hmm. I think it's very easy. It's so easy to isolate yourself now. Well, it's encouraged. And like a common enemy Mm -hmm. really does bond you. Yeah. And anyone who's ever been in an improv class knows that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, (laughs) yeah. And we, and I mean, we do, we do encourage people to be isolated. I mean, like from, from from everything it's like you know in jobs and things like that too it's like they well, it's like the american way man yeah. Indivi- you know american mm-hmm. individualism that's like mm-hmm. bigger here than probably anywhere else you know we talk yeah. about i mean we talk about that a ton of just like we like you said i mean we're a communal species but you know under under capitalism you know that's yeah, not really exactly. uh, what you do you're you're always competing at all times Forever. I mean, we compete with everything from like mm-hmm. our emotions to like our victimhoods to our, mm-hmm. you know, our jobs to every aspect of our lives, even like the ways we love each other. You know, there's like a competitive aspect of like, well, you did this last week, you know, so it's mm-hmm. like we want to win like everything we do. And it's uh, it's not working for us. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like solidarity stands exactly in, in exact it's opposition. Not, it's not working for us, and it it makes Twitter really. Yeah, it makes me want to burn my computer. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter yeah. is one of the many ways that my psyche is being gamified that I could live without. <laughs> um. Yeah, capitalism is bad. Anyway, we have to take uh, a break for an ad. We'll be back in a second. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to Lady to Lady. I'm Brandy. I'm Babs. I'm Tess. And we're with Chelsea Weber-Smith, the host of American Hysteria. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the podcast? And like, I mean, I know you guys, you cover a lot of things, but kind of your general side. Yeah, we got a we had a general <laughs> uh, pitch here. Let's see. So uh, we do uh, moral panics, urban legends, conspiracy theories, and American fantastical thinking, and it's all through we we explore like sociology, psychology, biology, um, everything like cult like pop culture from the Puritans to the present, and even sometimes like what things were like before the Puritans came over. But we'll take something like Stranger Danger, that's our first episode, and we'll mm-hmm. look at you know, the heyday of it in the 90s and this thing that we all remember probably vividly yeah. being taught that, like, oh, yeah. we're going to be snatched out of suburbia Wait, hold on. at any Is second. Is Stranger Danger no longer in play? 
I guess it is. Okay. I think it's it's always coming back. Okay. It's just like because we'll, we trace it all the way back, right, to like the stories that the colonists told about indigenous people snatching mm. children, right? Mm. So it's like yeah. there's this narrative that keeps coming back and we use it against people all the time and we're still doing it. But then, you know, we'll do something like even poison Halloween candy and this whole myth that people harm Halloween candy, which has right. never happened. Um, yeah, it's like, and, yeah. And then go. Yeah, of course. And then we go back to like when candy was a really scary thing and Mm -hmm. uh, when John Harvey Kellogg uh, of Kellogg's fame uh, believed that candy led children to masturbate. And so he created (laughs) cornflakes with no sugar. um, And it was just like a a huge thing. And then he also like did some really, really horrible things to children um, because of that. I know. And so we remember these. We go back and we find this like crazy shit from the past. But that it's Mm -hmm. like it has like there like Harvey Kellogg ran like the goop of um, (laughs) the late 1800s. It was like a health spa for rich weirdos, as they would say in Rocky Horror. You know, like it's uh, so we'll go back and just kind of like find all these old things and then connect it all together um, into the present day. But more so we cover uh, history and it's all through why we fear the wrong things and then what those fears are actually covering up. So mm-hmm. like, for example, QAnon and the Illuminati would be covering up the fact that we live in this chaotic world, but we want control. So we'll look at it through sure. what we were like, you know, like as hunter gatherers um, and mm-hmm. then like what psychologists say, um, mm-hmm. sociologists. And, and, you know, I just read a lot of really dry, boring academic papers and then try to make it funny. That's like mostly what the show is. Um, That's amazing. Someone needs to do it. I mean, yeah. 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 It sounds so, like just as much work as we put into this podcast. Oh, yeah. So. We read so many papers for the show. It's <laughs> Absolutely. Scroll uh, so can you can you tell us like the origins of the of the um the Halloween candy one? Like why people said that there were razors in candy and sure. stuff? Sure. Well there was okay, this is actually pretty fun. So there was one thing that really kinda like kicked it off. There's always been a fear of candy because it was like candy has the same effect on your brain as like a drug or sex or whatever. So people are like, it's, you know, they put it in the sin category. Um, And so, but there was in the 80s, I believe it was the late 70s, early 80s, a guy um, poisoned some pixie sticks, but he was trying to, and he did successfully give them to his kid. It was like a life insurance. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. it was a Mm -hmm. life insurance scenario. So it wasn't like he was handing them out. But I love this part because he, so he was driving around with the cops because he's trying to, like the cops are like, okay, show us the fucking house that was handing out poison candy. And he was like, oh, you know, like I don't remember. Um, So they were like making these loops in the neighborhood. And finally he just like points at a random house. It's like really dark. And he says, oh, it was that one. And what happened was I walked up to the house and I knocked on the door and no one answered and it was totally dark, which is like, why'd you knock on the door? And then he said, as he was walking away, like the door creaked open and all he saw was a single hairy arm going through with a fistful of like jumbo pixie sticks. And then he like grabbed them and the hand like recoiled back into the house. He's like, so as soon as the cops heard that, they were like, all right, this dude killed this kid. Yeah. 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 So anyway, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, after that, it was just like the newspapers went nuts. Uh, of course, they called yeah. they called him the man that killed Halloween, and then um, they never really printed their attractions <laughs> except on like some tiny little things. Right. So you get the you get the story without the 
<laughs> withdraw yeah. of the story. So and, you know, and then just, yeah. yeah, and then every year somebody puts something in candy, takes a picture of it, puts right. it on Facebook, and it's some like boomer mom that's just like going to get a bunch of shares and talk to the news. And but there's never been like a proven for certain poisonings. Yeah. The only time was somebody somebody put a tack in somebody's candy and it like nicked someone's lip and that's like the the highest like place we got here with this poison halloween candy thing but we hear it every year i mean Mm -hmm. every single year you can go to the mall you can go fucking trick-or-treat at the mall well now you can't now you can't do anything now you can give people virtual candy and that's (laughs) yeah exactly well and that's like a good example that's so interesting which i'll just feed it all just feeds into the individualism those we're talking about before, too, where it's like making you scared of literally mm-hmm. everybody else and just othering you against everyone. Well, yeah. and exactly. I think it's important to point out, like, it's time for us to stop stigmatizing candy in this country. <laughs> I mean, my God. <laughs> it It is crazy, though, how you see that, like, how you were talking. I didn't know this, but that um, the stranger danger thing, like goes as far back as the colonizers like you know claiming indigenous people to snatch their kids because it's like you see that and then you look into like the 80s yeah those lifetime movies where like a mom turns around and <laughs> they're gone you're like yeah. oh my god this shit just yep. goes and goes and then turns into this whole other beast and it's just mm-hmm. in our like psyches and we don't even know it it's like built in because we've been taught that for know. so long yeah in a very real way, like I think the milk curtain thing was like a big deal because it was like before the internet, and you kind of you looked at that shit every day while you were having your cereal, while you were having your Kellogg's. Hundred. There was always 100%. some like little white girl just missing on a milk curtain. What's that yeah. about? That was. I mean, that was a huge part of it, and there were like these like handful of super sensationalized mm-hmm. crimes against children that happened. Like for example, Adam Walsh. You know who? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his Joe dad Walsh. would go yeah. on to oh, yeah. be, uh, yeah, he would Unsolved go on, Mysteries. not Joe Walsh, what's his no, name? No, no, sorry, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah. Unsolved Mysteries. Why am I, fr- not Unsolved oh, Mysteries right, from right. America's Most John? Wanted. Oh, John Walsh. Right, yeah. John Walsh. John Walsh. Oh, John Walsh. There it is. There it is. So, you know, things like that. And then this whole show's created about like, we're going to get that guy. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, God bless, I'm not going to say anything about John Walsh. I don't know what that's like. Um, but like, yeah, yeah, there's like Johnny Gosh and a handful of other kids, especially the young blue eyed boys. That was like obviously yeah. a big one because you also had like the gay rights movement happening and they were using mm. we have a whole gay agenda episode about you know the satanic gay yeah, agenda yeah. to bring down america as you all are probably familiar with that plan of um yes of course, yeah, of course it's working it's working yeah um well and we always focus, anyway we yeah. always focus on those like blonde blue-eyed kids too when they're like actually are like you know massive amounts of uh, people who, you know, they're called, quote, the lesser dead that are taken from communities, uh, you know, smaller communities all the time. And those don't get sensationalized yep. at all. You know? No, they sure don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. And it's kind of the same thing. We're working our premiere episodes on true crime, um, which is mm-hmm. just so exciting and sort of the, yeah. you know, not in any kind of moralistic way, but just the 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 way that true crime and these different stories of true crime have impacted us and sort of made us trust the police a lot more when yeah. they don't necessarily deserve that trust. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. everything everything that we think and do is, a, you know, we're affected by the Zodiac killer. We're affected by John Benet Ramsey. And we don't even know it because our culture just moves forward and like gobbles up all these stories. And it just turns into this total mm-hmm. narrative that doesn't exist. But then at the same time, I mean, it's true crime. So we're always all going to want to mm-hmm. <laughs> watch true crime shows. But, you know, so it's just that that uh, 
mm-hmm. that idea that that a serial killer is this white guy, you know, mm-hmm. who's like 40 and gross and all these things when we know it's not true. But at the same time, there's just as many. It's such a weird way that it plays out because it's like you could be like, there's just as many uh, people of color who are serial killers, which is such a <laughs> sentence. But like, it's true that the they're reason like Arvo, and they're not. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, no, it's, it's an even. Yeah. No. And and the reason is so simple. It's not like it's, it's just that the victim within murders, usually the victim of the crime right. is the same race as the perpetrator. So mm-hmm. it's because we don't want to cover or we don't the media doesn't care to cover stories about people of color who go missing or who are murdered. And so then, yeah. you know, logically, you're just going to mm-hmm. get the this continuous idea of of what serial killers look like, of what serial crime looks this like, is, and yeah. of, like who the victims <laughs> really are. Serial killers so it's just, come in all It's just a total you know, messy... We need to stand up for yeah, this. Yeah, come on. No, that's a good point. I never even thought about that, but that makes so much sense. <laughs> but yeah. we need to stand up for the victims, yeah. at least, right? We need yeah. to stand no, up of for, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, well, but it is like... It's just mm-hmm. bizarre. I mean, it's it's so obvious that that would be the reason, right? Um, but yeah, so our and our show does that. Our show sort of mm-hmm. looks at the underlying issues, which are always going to be about race, gender, sexuality, yeah. and class. And like yeah, we always. talk about rednecks, like on our last mm-hmm. season, because we did archetypes. So we did like hipsters and rednecks and the history of sort of those characters. And you know, rednecks is like this psychic dumping ground of of yeah. American racism. It's like, oh, it's the poor white people over there that are the real racists. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you know it's also suburban white yes. people have, have traditionally been the ones. Like if you can so, make you know, fun of that, then that like sort of excludes you from being racist because you're exactly. uh, you're othering those yeah. racists. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. in Seattle, man, and it's like that people do that all the time because we're like the most liberal city. But then it's like, are we? You know? So, uh, yeah. you know, so definitely everything kind of has a root in that stuff, um, even mm-hmm. when I don't want it to. You know, it's like, oh, this episode's going to be really chill, and then it's like I, I'll read some essay about why. It has to do with, you know, gender or race and it'll just be this whole of like, no, it's happening again. And then you just realize that the entire foundation of America is based oh, yeah. on Everything these sort of prejudices. Back. It's, you just spin yeah. the wheel and yeah. it's, spin it's the wheel to, to at least one. Yeah, mm-hmm. to something horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, and so much of the things you talk, you cover too, like they're so insidious because like you have like your satanic panic and like your queuing on and everything. And that is like a not reality, but there is a version of that that actually is real to some certain degree. It's like we're looking at like Epstein and Ghislaine and everything. And like, that's not a part of QAnon, but that right. QAnon redirects the conversation away from yeah. actual trafficking that is actually happening and is being prosecuted currently. And that you need to get those victims truths through this whole new thing where you're like, John F. Kennedy Jr. is alive. And you're like, no. <laughs> Well, you know, the Q- QAnon is calling the child sex trafficking lines, which is also a very I would like to direct Jesus people to Christ. listen to the you're wrong about. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that podcast. It's fantastic. Mm. But they do a great episode about sex trafficking that really like untangles a lot of the myths and like who's really being trafficked and how often and what really counts as trafficking. And it's yeah. a great episode. But regardless of that, like QAnon is calling all these you know, child sex trafficking lines and saying things like, you know, Hasbro's grooming children through their dolls and, you know, and and that QAnon, that Trump's trying to save that, you know, Wayfair is shipping children in boxes. That was one that came up recently, you know, so it's, there are these very serious, Mm -hmm. very serious consequences. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, often they come from some, some heart of truth. And I'm sure the Epstein stuff did not help at all even though of course it's all about clinton's relationship to epstein and conveniently not trump so yeah yeah exactly 
for a lot of reasons, we just aren't, a lot of people are not trained to critically think about things. And because of that, they don't know how to look and see how things are sourced. They don't know yeah. how to look and see it. So, I mean, again, to go back to the flat earther documentary, like a lot, they think they're doing research. These people are reading books. Yeah. They're watching videos. They're trying to learn stuff. And a lot of these videos have graphs and what looks like equations and mm -hmm. what looks like a scientist is showing them really, truly, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, it's true. What looks like a scientist. He has a coat, a lab but coat. Truly. I mean, you know, they put fucking bar graphs and shit and it's the same thing with like, um, with like all the pseudoscience stuff where they try to sell you yeah, like totally. oils and stuff like they kind of try yeah. to show it to you in a way that like mocks actual science, because if you don't have the background to understand how actual yeah. research looks. How are you going to discern that? No, whenever someone posts like a, on Facebook posts a, <laughs> an article from one of those websites, it's like my mom loves science.net yeah. or whatever. Some like weird site that you're like, yeah. this is not a real website. <laughs> like, yeah. you just yeah. be, like look at that. <laughs> Green Earth Revolt yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I, well, like, we do. Parents... We have a quackery. Yeah. We yeah, got a quackery. Like, Parentsareyourfriends.com you or something. Yeah. Like, what yeah. is this? Yes, totally. Um, Trust your doctor parents. Yeah, we do quackery. We did a whole quackery episode. Perfect. We came for uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, bless her heart. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, which yeah. again, we do this from a pretty non, like, I'm not judgmental. I don't know. Like, I don't know what's, I mean, what matters. I'm controversial real, but... on GP because I think she's full of shit, but I think it's like good for her for like, whatever. Who isn't full That's of shit? That's kind of how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the people she's ripping off are people who are already pretty rich. That's what it seems I mean. like. So it's like, whatever. Like, if you're yeah. looking to buy an egg from your for your pussy from the star of Shakespeare in Love, like, it's on you to know how healthy that <laughs> yeah. is. Like, a jade. And it's jade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> yeah, I feel worse about the ones who come on, like, tabloid talk shows and are targeting yeah. people who, like, don't have a lot of money. It's like a televangelist who's like, mm -hmm. please, I need to buy a second jet, you you know, I, I, oh my god, those like buy forever. holy water commercials and shit. They're crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. John Oliver did a really great breakdown of of uh, those churches and like what bullshit they are and how they make all their money and through tithings and seed money but and all this that's, shit. That's I mean, That's what's so crazy. Like what Tess was saying <laughs> is that people are doing their own. Re Everyone mm -hmm. can like have something to support what they want, even if it yeah. is obviously fake to the rest of us. Like it, it looks legit to them, or they feel totally. like it's legit. So at that point, you're like. Yeah. Okay. Well, well <laughs> what the fuck you, did yeah. I say to this? Chelsea, I have a question. So your show is called American Hysteria. It, did you like specifically choose like America because we have more of this in other countries? And is that based on like, you know, how, like the UK has like libel laws and stuff. So like you're able to stop like the false realities from really like spiraling and going as far as that. Do you have any idea like why that's such an American phenomenon? You know, I, I chose to because it, I wanted to have it be kind of like a it's it's like a um it, it's just a way to explore America too. Like our show is very much about America at large and like the psychology of us as a country and our history and all that stuff. So I wanted to focus on America because I know America and I I don't know his world history that well, but I yeah. do know American history really well. But I do think I mean I think there's a great book called Fantasyland uh, by Kurt Anderson, and I recommend it to people because he really goes into how America was formed by a bunch of just like batshit crazy people. Because even <laughs> yeah. before the, I mean, the Puritans, we know that. Like we talk yeah, about freedom yeah. of religion, but it was freedom to be like 
way more religious in way more extreme ways. It wasn't like, oh, we're yeah. all going to have a great time together. It was like you're be it was also like you're being too gay. That was a big that was a big reason the Puritans wanted to leave. Um, but uh, then it was also about before the Puritans even came, it was like these people who were uh, paid by the crown to come over and look for gold. And there was no gold. So it was like and then you think about people moving west and and like people on the Oregon Trail and you're like, this is insane that you're making this choice. And so it's like it's all about the magical thinking of how America was formed with like manifest destiny. We can do whatever we want. You know, God is mm-hmm. is driving us all forward. And at the same time, we're going to just completely uh ignore the fact that we're just on this continent and we have no idea where we're going or what we're doing so it's just very much about how we were kind of formed by this this insane idea that we were almost invincible Mm. and that we were so special and that um you know I don't know I think I think there's just something to the seeds that were planted for all of us and carried through the ages you know Mm -hmm. and and we just always made our enemies out to be and I think that's a human thing but we always made our agent like our uh evil out to be a lot more dramatic than it was like Mm -hmm. the indigenous people were not just indigenous people they were like satanic agents right and so it was always this uh we just we just want to believe in so much that isn't true. And I think that's just part of the cognitive dissonance that Mm -hmm. it took to form this country. Right. It was like, yeah, I I think that's that's my best answer. I don't know. I'm no expert. I wasn't there. (laughs) I mean, it's good to do because I think I think as we, you know, try to like learn more about why we are where we are we are right now in this country it's like so important to go back and look at that and have it 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 summed up in an interesting way that you're doing it because knowing the origins is like so helpful to see why we are where we are today and just that's how we can hopefully start to like make it better i mean that's the only thing we can do and especially considering how recent our origins are too like i mean we're still like we're still so close in proximity to like all of that stuff like that's obviously we're so young yeah yeah Yeah. i know people try to be like slavery was 400 years ago and i'm like that's really not that like yeah i know people who are ancestors of slaves like give me a fucking break and also like yeah yeah, slavery was a while ago but you know what wasn't a while ago was like the civil rights movement exactly (laughs) that's like grandparents were a lot you know like my mom was born within our psychic memory like yeah yeah Absolutely. And it's like reverberations certainly Mm -hmm. exist. It's like, oh, you're supposed to go from being a completely disenfranchised Mm -hmm. group of people to just being exactly on par Um, with everyone else. Like a sharp pivot. Like everything's all good. You guys, bootstraps are us. Okay. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So, yeah, we get lots of fun stuff like that in uh, (laughs) American hysteria. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. America is a, a huge, complicated mess. Um, yeah. And we, we try to make it make sense a that's, little bit more. That's, that's good. what we hope Thank to do. For, for totally. Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's interesting that it just like society got to the point in Europe where like if if culturally you hadn't gotten to that place in Europe, America wouldn't be the way that it is now because it's like the movement of people into Europe, you know, kind of had something similar where you're going into the unknown like hundreds of years before that, but without like you know, the development of society at that point to jump to this place. Like it's, it's, a, yeah. it's so many different things coming together that form it. It's crazy. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it's 
it's very stressful. Crazy, man. <laughs> well, well, whoa, I know. Think about that. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back. <laughs> everybody we're back on lady to lady this is babs i'm brandy i'm tess and we're here with chelsea weber smith and we're gonna answer a lady problem right now we'd love for you to send your lady problem to us and let us fix everything our email is lady to lady comedy at gmail.com also if you're not in our facebook group come join us it's called lady to lady podcast a lot of listeners post about stuff in there and solve each other's problems so we don't have to do anything All right, so this is a follow-up to a question that we did a while ago, and they have another question on top of it. Okay. Hi, ladies. The first question I sent in was the last question you read of 2019. Thank you for the honor of the decade. To refresh your memory, see below. It turns out my cloudy intuition for 2020 was warranted. New problem and details. I came out to myself as undoubtedly bi at 14 and had experiences of all types but no deep romances by choice. The first girl I seriously pursued at 20 was my first love for the most traumatic year of my life. A relationship went slowly downhill when I came out to my mother and she replied, you know that doesn't exist, right? We couldn't keep imagining a future for us after that and I moved away after it was mutually over. A year and a half ago, I domestically partnered with a man. It was a whirlwind and more like his decision than mine. I was up for whatever felt safe. Our lives fit well together, which was a new feeling. He made me feel more desired than anyone has before and constantly reassures and appreciates me. We take care of each other, but times are hard right now, so emotional support is taking a lot of work. I know if it was in the budget, I would have a ring by now. I'm only 24, and going the rest of my life without kissing another woman seems wildly unrealistic. I begin to think this is his life where I don't uh, live my true self at all times. Our current sex life is okay. His libido is lower than mine, so problems of incompatibility often come from that. He resists practicing to get better only because I accept whatever he has to give due to my own desire. Straight up question. What do I do now that I'm questioning being gay while basically engaged? It's scary to think that all these doubts come up only because uh, I miss the drug of having um, so many firsts with my ex-girlfriend. Also, birth control is a bitch. I miss not worrying about it. Looking for some virtual ant advice. Thanks again. <laughs> Vir- <laughs> virtual ants. That's us. Yeah, I feel that. Um, I'm- That's a good question, man. Yeah. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of things to talk about, but 24... I wouldn't definitely would not so be worried young. about get, being engaged or married anytime soon. Well, but she is engaged, right? Or no, she's she's no, she, one. She does. If it wasn't for a but, if there wasn't for the budget, she would have a ring by now. But that does. doesn't. They're not, they're not engaged. engaged. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like moving yes. toward engagement. Well, right. it sounds like she. It sounds like you or she need mm-hmm. to, you know, like really um, interrogate with your partner what what's happening inside of you because as, as hard as it is it's like if you're going to marry someone you got to be able to be honest yeah you gotta yeah, be able to tell people that you know and that might suck but and also i don't know i mean i've lived a pretty crazy life i'm real queer and i have been since i was a teenager and it has not been easy i did not have a good coming out um and it's taken a very long time to get to that place and if you're 24 
you owe it to yourself to explore that. I don't know what that means. It doesn't even have to be exploring it to the point where you're doing it, but you have to like make these intentional decisions, right? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? It's like, and yeah. even talking about an open relationship, I've done it before. It's not easy. If it wouldn't work for your relationship, it wouldn't, but you're allowed to ask for things and you're allowed to like have control in your relationship because it sounds like she doesn't feel like she does, right? Yeah, I mean, I think she owes it to herself and her partner to at least like yeah. pose that possibility mm-hmm. because like if you mm-hmm. even are entertaining the idea of mar- of marrying this person, then you have to like let him you have to show your whole self like you have to let him know who he's thinking about marrying and like either it's going to work out or it's not but like you're too young to like paint yourself into some corner where you're not going to be able to like live the life you want to lead absolutely and like at one point in this you say i was up for whatever felt safe and it was a whirlwind more like his decision than mine to get together and to me that's Um... like you, you, you were coming out of a chaotic space and you felt safe with him and now maybe now that you've had that moment of like breathing and you've been in this and you're like I like this person but now I want to I have the space to be able to like pursue checking out other parts of myself and like that's read read what you wrote there I was up for whatever felt safe that isn't about him specifically no you know? yeah I I yeah. think I mean I definitely identify with this as a bisexual who is partner with a man um and I think that it seems like you're kind of at a place where you either should may I don't know. I'm not going to tell you to like move on, but it does that, like Brandy said with the, it feels safe. It feels like this, mm-hmm. you know, the sex is quite not there. It does sound like you're lacking. You're lacking yeah. for a few things mm-hmm. here. So that doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And essential, yeah. <laughs> essential thing. So yeah, it doesn't sound thing. like you necessarily, yeah. that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean you end things, but I would definitely explore like, how are you going to feel fulfilled? And, um, it sounds like you're really interested in, you know, still being with women and seeing how that goes. So, yeah, if it's talking to him about an open relationship or saying to yourself, like, is this really what I want or could I be OK, you know, just uh, moving past this right now? Because mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be careful of, of getting overly comfortable because it does sound like you're going to regret it if you decide, like, this is it forever, you know, with this one person, whatever that means. And like. I feel like whatever you're doing with your life right now, like she should put herself in a position where like whether or not it works out with this guy, you know, you're going to be fine. So like, yeah. yeah. So make sure that it's not like stability that's keeping you in this relationship. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. No. And you deserve to have like a wow type of thing, right? You, everybody everybody deserves to, and that can be comfortable. That, that can be comfortable and safe. It doesn't have to be like this crazy affair, like, like mm-hmm. you know, like a whirlwind situation. Yeah. It can feel really safe, but you'll you still want to like enjoy having sex with your partner, and you really mm-hmm. want to, you know, feel like you can be honest. Yeah, yep. I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've talked absolutely. about this before, but I'm, I have always struggled with being honest with my partners. Like, doesn't matter who they were. I just, it, I have a really hard time like saying what I want. You know. So I think like the more you can work on that, the young you are, the you're just going to get used to it. You know, I mean, I'm in my 30s now and I'm still having, having a hard time. So I think like that's only going to benefit you in all ways of your life. If you can like really start working on that part of just being like, this is what I want. I'm not afraid to like talk to them about it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And honesty yeah. is like a goal. You know, it's not like, yeah. oh, go be honest. Like, that's some easy thing. That's like the hardest thing in the entire world. Yeah, and it's like so often really uncomfortable. Like, so mm-hmm. it, I think it takes like some like 
willpower sometimes like push yourself into that discomfort of being honest. Like I think the more you can kind of train yourself to do that, if this is not end up being like the end all be all of relationships for you, the more you can train yourself to be honest with your partner. Now I think the more that'll benefit you in future relationships too. Absolutely. And you're 24 and nobody likes being told that they're young, but (laughs) I'm also in my thirties. And when I, if I made a decision when I was 24 about who I was going to be with, I would not be happy. I'd yeah. still be in Salt Lake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not to say that that's true for you. No, some listener. people it not works to, out great. Yeah, but no, I, yeah. yeah. But you don't have to feel rushed. You don't have to feel no. rushed. Let's just say that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You've only been with him for a year and a half too. Like this is not like you know this is still a relatively new thing. So if you, you're already having all of these issues with like your sex life and everything too, and you guys are still relatively new together, like there's a lot to be looking at here. And also just like I, I also try to think like if my partner was feeling the way that I'm feeling about them right now, would I be feeling that way about me? Would I be happy? Mm. Yeah. It's like, no, like this is, that's not, that's not the way that you want to be loved. If you know, then, then you want to, that's not, not necessarily the right thing for you. Yeah. And then everyone should move on. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's good. It's good for everyone. Honesty is good for everyone. If you can't do it for yourself, do it for the other person to start. (laughs) You know, like that's what I think is like, oh, he's not going to be happy knowing like if he knew I was unhappy. There's no, you know, or or you don't want to be with someone who doesn't care if you're unhappy. So no. And like as much as you try to suppress those frustrations, if they're not dealt with head on, they just come out in really weird ways anyway. Like there's no actual way to like avoid these confrontations. They just end up manifesting in like ways that you are not intending them to. So Yeah. Not cute. No. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys. oh, and being gay rules too. <laughs> being queer is great. It, it's super scary, and then it's like you know, it gets it gets. Better. Oh my god, I've never heard of, that's such a cool phrase to bring back that campaign. Yeah, I never, I know, I came up with that. I actually invented that. Nice. Yeah, thank you for writing in, and good luck. And it sounds like you know what you you know at least the basis of what you want. So, I think just try to trust trust your gut. Yeah. Yeah, it's just about taking those leap of faiths and believing in yourself, which I know is like easier said than done. But Lord, yeah, you got this. I should go back and listen to all of our podcasts and see what advice I've actually taken for myself. Because <laughs> oh man, it's very so much easier to give it than it is to take it. It's Always, so true. Always, yeah. Um, well, that's our show. Chelsea, tell everyone where they can find you and find the show and do all that fun stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, the, you know, the gamut. Um, And yeah, we'd love to have you come listen. We've got three full seasons and we're starting our fourth season uh, in the fall. So there will be plenty, plenty more coming. Uh, And uh, yeah, it's just me talking. So you can get used to that. It's like essays. (laughs) I read essays that are not boring, not boring essays. I promise. Thank you. You're doing uh, awesome work. So we thank really you. appreciate it. And thank you for coming on. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Thank you guys for having me. It's been so fun. I really appreciate it. Hell yeah. And uh, if you're a Patreon member, we'll be doing a top secret session. So come over to patreon.com slash lady to lady if you are interested to see whatever that is. Sometimes it's about pooping our pants. Ooh. Sometimes it's about other mm-hmm. stuff. You never know what you're going to get. Shake it crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Can't get enough of us? Subscribe to our Patreon for exclusive bonus content, access to our first 100 episodes, and more. Go to patreon.com slash lady to lady now to sign up. As little as a dollar a month keeps a roof over the glam cave and keeps you laughing, even when your coworkers stare. That's patreon.com slash lady to lady. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at lady to lady comedy. 
Join our Facebook group, Lady to Lady Podcasts, to chat with other fans about episodes or even post your own lady problems. Check out our website, ladytoladycomedy.com, for show notes, videos, and merch. And duh, follow our individual accounts, Babs Gray, Brandazzle, and Testify Barker for jokes and info and where you can see us perform live. And if you want to send us snacks, stickers, or a lock of your own hair, I don't know, whatever, our P.O. Box is 412-794-Los Angeles, California, 90041. And please, leave us a review on iTunes, but only if you like us. We love you. We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.